And welcome once again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and you can find me on Twitter at Bob McDonald. Jimmy Lemke, who you can find on Twitter at PantherU, will be joining us a little later on in the show. And always, as always, you can follow the podcast um, on our, on Twitter at HorizonRT. And, oh, by the way, now you can follow the, the podcast on Facebook at Horizon Roundtable. Believe me, I, since I don't do Facebook, I have nothing to do with it. We can, we can all thank Matt Dudek for jumping on on that one. Um, and, of course, you can find us on HorizonRoundtable.com, and it's going to be really important to do that this week because it's premiere week, and we're going to have a lot of good stuff for you, previews on all of the Horizon, uh, the Horizon League schools as well as uh, our predictions for who's going to be uh, how how the teams are going to be ranked and who's going to, who are our picks for the uh, for the All Horizon team as well as Player of the Year. But we're kicking it off with uh, with our guest. Uh, this is John uh, John Vargo, who covers Youngstown State for the Warren Tribune Chronicle. John, uh, please introduce yourself. Hi, how are you? I'm uh, John Vargo from the Tribune Chronicle in Warren, Ohio. Uh, I've covered Youngstown State for the last uh, twenty years. And I've, uh, I'm actually looking forward to this year's men's season. I think uh, this might be a little bit of a turnaround uh, this year. And we're uh, actually, after watching a lot of stagnant basketball at Youngstown State, uh, I think all of us that cover it is are kind of hoping for something different this year. So sure, sure, yeah. And thank, thank you again for uh, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. So. Um, I really want, obviously, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you, you brought up kind of the stagnation of Youngstown State basketball um, that kind of as part of its a large chunk of its history. I know uh, having, you know, having been a follower of the Horizon League and, you know, first and foremost, being a Cleveland State fan, um, I'm pretty, you know, we're, we're all pretty well versed in the in the languishing of uh, uh, of Youngstown State basketball. But now we're in kind of, we're in year three. Uh, of the Jared Calhoun area era, and as somebody who's covered the Penguins for uh, for a certain amount of time, can you get an idea of kind of the differences between kind of how Jared of uh, the Jared of uh, the Jared Calhoun era, as opposed to kind of what you saw during the Jerry Slocum era? Well, it's night and day. It is honestly night and day, and it's nothing. No knock on Jerry. Uh, Jerry did things his own way. And Jerry had that three-year successful stint. However, uh, the way Jared does things is a lot, uh, as you are familiar being a Cleveland State fan, a lot of the Gary Waters way of doing things, a lot of uh, community involvement, a lot of being out front and trying to be more of a, a vocal part and more of a face of a program instead of just coaching. Because there is more to coaching there's more to college basketball than just coaching because there's a lot of life lessons and a lot of things that have to go on when you're, when you are a college basketball coach. So, and the recruiting aspect, I mean, these guys are busy recruiting because I went with the road trip uh, this past year with, uh, with Oakland uh, to Oakland, Detroit with the team. And I can tell you this, Jared and Coach Slay left probably right at the end of the Detroit trip, and they were pretty much out recruiting. Somebody is out recruiting this team, and they want to. They are making a concerted effort. This staff, probably more than anything I've ever seen, is making a concerted effort to sure. try to turn thing around. So, yeah, and, and now we're now since we're in since we're in year three of, uh, and one of the things I actually wanted to talk to you about is kind of. Um, Youngstown State situation as a whole. Now, last year, um, what they got a pretty slow start, but then they they got really hot hot right in the middle of the season. And we've been talking on the show a lot about uh, last year about that log jam between third place and eighth place. And up until the very end, Youngstown State was really uh, was still kind of really in the mix in that entire situation. Um, I was wondering, you know, kind of. Looking at that kind of that part of how they f- were situated in the Horizon League last year, wh- what do you, what lessons do you think they took away from from the that that 
that that success right in the middle of that season. Well, I think they want to replicate that success as much as possible. And uh, and another thing is um, the one thing they have been concentrating on in the offseason is their defense because mm-hmm. they gave up so 79 points a game last year. And if you look at what Northern Kentucky and Wright State did, it was at least 10 points less than that. It was around 67, 68 points a game they mm-hmm. were giving up. I think that's something Youngstown State is shooting for because ultimately – he wants to try to get the West Virginia style of play, you know, sure. the press Virginia style of play at Youngstown state. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just really think that, you know, if you're going to do that and do it right, your defense has to come first. And, and I think that's, that's something I've seen a couple practices already, Bob. And I really do think the defense is a lot better now saying that i want to see it against some live play too sure. so probably early in the season see how that plays out but i mean athletically and the conditioning as compared to the last couple of years is a lot better mm-hmm. now one of the unique things and, and now we we've talked always about you know things like transfers and that how that's been a big bugaboo in, in this past off season oakland got hit pretty hard cleveland state is <laughs> that whole situation is well documented um even and even and even northern kentucky with uh you know with losing chris vote to uh to to cincinnati they weren't immune either youngstown state on the other hand they have kind of benefit from the fact that and correct me if i'm wrong all five of their starters are coming back correct Right, right. And if you look at the top six scores there, yeah. all came back because anybody who transferred out wasn't a part of that top six. So mm-hmm. they didn't get hit like they did year one sure. when they lost their top score. So I I would say that they were out of any of the teams there. Youngstown State came out pretty much unscathed compared to most of the Horizon League teams. And how important is that, by the way, just having that core back for another year as opposed to some of these other teams that kind of, you know, they lost people to graduation or lost to transfers unexpectedly. So, I mean, how important is that to have that core coming back? Oh, it's absolutely essential because you're talking about a team right now that has, you know, a couple seniors, but most of it is the junior class and the sophomore class is the stability of this team right now. So, and Darius Quisenberry is by far and away, and I think he's proved last year, he's one of the best players in this league. And he can he can take over a game anytime. And he, he compared, hands down, and I'm not just saying because I cover him every, every week, you know, and I cover him on a yearly basis, but I'm telling you, this, this guy – is you know high major potential you know if he decides to be a grad transfer mm, yeah um yeah darius Quis- yeah I, I know Darius. we've had many a conversation about darius quisenberry's game on our on our show and i i know that he he's definitely going to be a central figure in terms of how successful youngstown state will be this year and uh one thing uh that Maybe some people probably look at, but I'm sure as you do watching the Horizon League, you know of Garrett Covington being yes. an all-defense player. He is the key to the defensive success of this team because if you're if you're looking at a, a defensive, you know, you know, stability for this team, Garrett's going to be the taking you know driving force on this, you know, and then Nas Bohannon. I mean, those two are going to have to take the take the lead, and everybody else is going to have to follow suit. Sure, I'm glad you brought up Nas Bohannon. I don't know if I don't know how many episodes of the Horizon Roundtable you've you've listened to previously, um, but and I've mentioned Nas Bohannon a couple of times, and I'm very partial to Nas Bohannon because he and I are both from Lorraine. So, <laughs> um, but I also know that he, he has kind of the, he's kind of one of the first guys that, that Jared Calhoun brought into his new, uh, brought into Youngstown State as part of his kind of overall vision for this team. How important is it for him to further develop and be a part of that core that, in, that includes um, Quisenberry as well as uh, Covington? I'm telling you what, uh, the one thing I, I've noticed about Nas in the offseason is his outside shot has been, you know, it's it's been there, but he's got a Larry Bird kind of shot right now. 
that's okay. going on and um he's been very successful from mid-range so that's that's something to the repertoire of Nas Bohannon so if he can add that to his inside presence he's going to be a very dangerous part uh of this offense now when yeah when I look at Na, when I look at Nas Bohannon I know he I I'm very well versed in his uh his career in in high school and in, in football and a lot of the the comparison I always make with with Nas Bohannon is Jonathan Bullock from Cleveland State um that that's the comparison I make but to to you know Nas Bohannon's game and I remember early on one of the things that Jonathan Bullock didn't have originally was that outside shot and he developed it over the course of his career it sounds that kind of like that's kind of the parallel that's going on with Bohannon at this point Oh yeah, and that's a, that's a great comparison because uh, if you remember, I don't know, in uh, Antonio Gates, and this is back in the early two thousands, you know, a lot like that shot, you know, it's like in, if he can get to, you know, because Gates had a good eight to ten foot jumper when mm-hmm. he was at Kent State, so I mean, that's the kind of player that at the mid major level can be very successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a yeah, I, I and. Antonio Gates, product of Kent State, <laughs> kind of gets back to that whole Gary Waters thing. I know he, he get Waters left after you know after the uh, you know, was there with Gates for about a season before he left for Rutgers. But yeah, I mean th- that parallel is there as you mentioned earlier, kind of the comparison with the you know kind of what Jared Calhoun wants to do with kind of what Gary Waters did um, during the high years at Cleveland State. Right, and uh, I, I've said probably since um, John Robick left probably in the, in the mid-2000s mm-hmm. that they needed to get somebody like a Gary Waters into Youngstown State, and I think they've done that with Jerry Calhoun because I, I was there the lat, the first year, Gary Waters, because I graduated in December '96 from Kent, so mm-hmm. I was there for a little bit of the Gary Waters era when he came in there, and and I can tell you whatever you and you know this as a Cleveland State fan, whatever sure. you see of Gary Waters is what you get because he is there's no hiding, there's no no hidden agenda. It is pure Gary Waters. So and that's that's the way he displays. And that, I'm telling you, it's like you can't get a better mid-major coach than Gary Waters. Yes, and uh, and and yeah, <laughs> apparently right up until the end. <laughs> Unfortunately, he you know with with Gary is yeah. he had three grad transfers yeah. and and well that and, was and 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 one of the uh, the three the 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 three transfers were one thing, but that the grad transfers were one thing, but the other thing, and I don't think there's a lot of people that are t- that talk about the the remaining some of the other people who did leave. Um, he had a he actually had a starting point guard in Kaza Keen coming back, but he actually transferred he transferred back home to a school back home in Canada, and he did outstanding. He he was at Carleton University for two years, and they were like Canada's version of Duke. So I mean, losing a guy like that as on top of a Bryn Forbes, a Trey Lewis, and Anton Grady, that that's that's that has to be deflating, and you yeah. can te- and you can really tell in the last couple of years it was it was super deflating for Gary Waters. Yeah, and yeah, because I I remember talking to him at Youngstown State after a game, and I was like, boy, this is just not the Gary Waters I remember at Kent State, you know, in the early years at at Cleveland State, mm-hmm. so. And I, I just, um, and it, it just truthfully known, uh, I wish he would have stayed another year at Kent because he's a Michigan guy, yeah. and I think he would have had a shot to get get that Michigan job, you know, instead of, you know, instead of, um, oh gosh, I can't think of uh, the guy from Duke who ended up, Amaker who got yeah. it. Uh, so I think Gary would have <laughs> Gary would have definitely done something with that Michigan program had he have gotten that job because Rutgers was not a great fit for him. Uh, no, and yeah, which is funny because ever since he left Rutgers, they've gone through a they've gone through the uh, gone through the grinder. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Turns out the turns out the Gary Waters era at Rutgers was the high point of Rutgers basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <Yeah>. guys. <laughs> Yeah, and don't get started on Rutgers football. So it's like we've had <laughs> we've had a local guy here who I don't know how long he's going to last. Uh, uh, Kron uh, uh, Adams, mm-hmm. who from Warren Harding, he he decided, oh, I'm going to I'm going to Rutgers. So let's sure. let's see how long that lasts over there. So, so um, 
I wanted to kind of get into, in terms of kind of the competition against the Horizon League, I, I know we talked in our last couple of, uh, couple of episodes about um, the big key, especially last year, was the word, uh, was you know, looking at what rights, uh, looking at right state, because right state um, is definitely in a lot of conversations about being the best team in the Horizon League. And right in the middle of that, of course, not to take away anything from Cole Gentry or Billy Wampler or any of the other guys, is is Loud and Love having that that you know durable big guy, and having him as kind of a pivotal part of being able to work uh, to be able to be a part of their success. And one of the things we talked about was the if it was one it, one of the key components to another team having a shot against the right state is having a game plan against Loud and Love, like for example what UIC did with Jordan Blunt, which unfortunately doesn't have them. He's not there this year because of the injury. Um, but in terms of what Youngstown State, uh, in terms of Youngstown State, how do uh, how do you see them kind of approaching a guy like Loudon Love um, in terms of defense and trying to, trying to contain him? Um, because obviously, you you had Youngstown State has the components to to you know try to defend you know most of the other players, but but Loudon Love seemed to be kind of that that key thing that that not a lot of Horizon League teams had last year or necessarily have this year uh, a, a plan of attack to, to keep him at bay to in order to be able to have a shot at winning right because it's like um he's the rob bronkowski on the basketball floor i mean honest uh, to goodness he so literally like, is i mean he's a converted football player so <laughs> there you yeah, go yeah so i mean he's a he's a corn fred fed guy i mean that guy is just stacked so on the floor but as far as guarding him, uh, they have Jameer Thomas, who has two years remaining here at Youngstown State. He's six eight two fifty. As far as his development, if he gets going there, I'd say he's the best matchup against Loud and Love. I mean, I I like to see them both, you know, go at it in the post there because I think that would be a fun matchup to see because Jameer's Jameer's game's coming along right now. It's still it's still a little bit of a work in progress, but I mean Jameer is doing well to uh, get himself acclimated with the YSU system. So, but at six eight two fifty, I mean it's one of the best options uh, YSU has of guarding and facing up love and love one on one. Okay. Um, now I know we talked about a lot of the a lot of the players, a lot of the you know come uh, the holdovers from last year for Youngstown State. Tell me who. Uh, tell me about a, somebody who might be a little under the radar for the Penguins that 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 you think might have a breakout year. Oh well, I would have to say Michael Kuche, uh, because I've seen this guy after games. He stays in the gym at least an hour after the after the yeah after the games, and he's there constantly working on his shot. And that started back in his freshman year, mm-hmm. and I think his junior year he is going to have a breakout season. I think if you're going to see anybody who's going to have a good season because he's he's going to be good from the three-point range, good from mid-range, mix it up a little bit in the post. But, I mean, he's going to be a guy they look to, especially a spark off the bench, is Michael Kuche, the 6'8", 2'12", uh, junior forward. Okay. Um, as far as Youngstown State's schedule, one of the things, and I want to talk a lot about a little bit about this, you mentioned West Virginia – Already, obviously, as we know, Jared Calhoun is a um, well. Jared Calhoun has drawn from a lot of his uh, mentors over the years. Rolly Massimino from Cleveland State being one of them, and but definitely Bob Huggins is is definitely a core part of his uh, his education as a coach. And now you have West Virginia coming to the Cavelli Center to play Youngstown State. Yeah, and a one o'clock game on the twenty first, and I think uh, if I, I just want to say, you know, YSU needs to market the heck out of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have, you have a major team in here. You have one of the best uh, college basketball programs in the country in West Virginia, a team that has a proven track record for the last couple of years. I mean, if it's not sold out, I think it's kind of an embarrassment. Mm-hmm. It really is because – you have a quality team, and I know it's Ohio, and we both know everything revolves around Ohio State, but yes. it's West Virginia. It's West Virginia. It's good basketball. Yes. I mean, 
you're in December, and I know, and we both know, the Northeast Ohio revolves around football. So, yes. but I mean, but it's good college basketball, and let's hope, hope to God, it it sells out because there's only like five, six thousand seats in the Cavelli Center. So, yeah. I, I mean, I hope they they can make it happen. So, the marketing department makes it happen at YSU. I yeah, and looking at some of the some of the games that Youngstown State has had over the years, I know. Um, you know, having a game of that importance does does tend to draw. Like for example, you know, like for example, over the years at Butler, obviously it was a good draw. Valpo was good, a good draw in some years. You know, the Cleveland State games seem to draw in a bunch of people. We can't seem to get anybody over to the Wolstein Center, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What it's... To say. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, fu- I'm. It's funny. You me- obviously, it's funny you mentioned Ohio State because the you know. I, you, Ironically, the next week West Virginia is playing Ohio State at uh, at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. I keep calling it the Rock House because I'm tired of trying to figure out the names anymore. Um, yeah. <laughs> I really am. Bob. I know. I'm just, I'm kind of over it. <laughs> but um, but yeah, but it, it, it's it, it, it. You you mentioned the whole thing. You know, the mention kind of the important the kind of the how looming. The, the presence of Ohio State is, and I, I know one of the things that have always had a gripe about Cleveland State about is for for uh, man at the beginning of the year, all I heard was how Cleveland State is the only Division One team in Cleveland, and I retor- my reply to that was always yes, you may be the only Division One team in Cleveland. But everybody, uh, but you are not Cleveland's uh, Division One team. That's always going to be Ohio State. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the way it is with everybody because if Ohio State plays, and you and I both know on Friday night football, Ohio State's playing Northwestern, so I'm curious to see how that's going to shape out. So it's like, but I I just, you know, unless YSU, when they have their biggest crowds, they also have kids' day on top of that so they have like a at standball they'll have like all these inflatables set up they'll have a whole bunch of kids day mm-hmm. that's when you can probably get the four or five six thousand people in the arena too so mm-hmm. but on the other hand i remember my se- uh second or third year i covered the team uh when robic was here aerobic second year mm-hmm. they had 6200 against valpo it was probably the best crowd i've ever been a part of and i just had the hair stand on the back of my neck because it was such a lot when that crowd got loud i mean it got loud i mean it's it it just reverberated your whole body and just like wow it's just like if they could have a couple of those games you know a year you know even one game like that a year that would be amazing Youngstown. so yeah well obviously this year that game is that game uh, well that game, at least for now, is going to be. Uh, it looks like it'll be West Virginia at the Cavalli Center. But you know, you. But again, you look at you look at the the rest of the Horizon League, and you you do have some you you do obviously have some opportunities as well. And and as you mentioned at the beginning of the uh, beginning of the show, um, how Jared Calhoun has kind of gone out into the has been a big big proponent of community outreach. Um, something we don't see with a lot of horizon league coaches at this point in time, which for in, in many cases is, is kind of baffling to me. Um, but that part is probably as, as important, if not more important to get your, get the word out through your through your basketball coach than anything. Um, right. I, I know that's something that, yeah. And like I said, I know that's something, you know, you, you see that, at, you see that every day and twice on Sunday in, at Oakland with Greg Campy, of course, um, oh yeah, and God love Greg. So yes. it's like, yeah. And if it wasn't, and I'll tell you about Greg. Um, the chicken place in downtown Detroit mm-hmm. it is amazing. Right down from Little, Little Caesars Arena. Okay. Oh god, the world famous chicken. I can't remember what the name of it is off the top of my head, but my gosh, he he was the one who turned me on to it, and it's like, it was it for ten bucks you can get a nice plate, you know, nice plate of lunch there. So it's nice. like, and it was. Just, yeah, it was just amazing. So great, great campy knows food. So don't don't ever uh, doubt that. So we'll, we'll have to get him some. We'll have to get some recommendations from him for for Indianapolis. So because um, that's because uh, yeah, because I know Greg is Greg is quite the connoisseur. We we, we Coach Campy definitely is. <laughs> yes, he is. I, uh, hello, everybody. Hello, Jimmy. 
We're just talking. Yeah, we're uh, we're just talking. I about- have I have recommendations for Indianapolis. Uh, okay. I will throw out there um, during the Horizon League tournament, which I've I've already um, I've already scheduled time off. Mm-hmm. So whether or not Milwaukee's in it, most likely not. I will be at the Horizon League tournament in Indianapolis. There you go. So I'm psyched for that. Um, Indianapolis is a lot easier walking around and enjoying myself than Detroit is. Detroit, even though it's got a downtown that's getting more vibrant, is a little tough to be able to just walk, walk, walk everywhere, whereas Indianapolis really is. The one time I will climb in a car, I'll probably Uber over to um, over to Broad Ripple, north of mm. Butler's campus. Broad Ripple is a fantastic part of town if you want to go to sports bars or if you want to go to, like, college kind of bars because um, that's pretty much where all the Butler kids hang out. So Uh every time, every year when Butler was in the conference and we weren't embarrassed to have a team from Indianapolis in the Horizon League, (laughs) uh, my friends and I would travel down there because Hinkle Fieldhouse is like, it's like a pilgrimage. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a beautiful place, so we always wanted to make sure we go. Plus, obviously, Butler's good, so we want to, you know, catch catch a good rivalry or in some years, catch a good team because we don't get to see one very often. Um, so we go to Broad Ripple because Broad Ripple is a nice like area for like kind of that Butler crowd, but like that like really like the university age crowd, as well as like sports bar, like the sports bar is kind of like a thing. So uh, that would be my recommendation for places to hang out. In fact, we'll probably do like a Horizon Roundtable space at like we'll we'll, we'll like have a meetup. Yeah, uh, you you I, know you're running that, point on that, Jimmy. I, I know. I, I I know it's not like a given that you'd be showing up, but there there are enough Horizon League people that will be there that will we'll have a good time. We'll meet up. We'll enjoy. We'll you know we'll hang out. Just look for me. I'll be the loudest, dumbest idiot there. Biggest, <laughs> loudest, dumbest. So yeah, that'll it'll be it'll be great. So just just wanted to throw that one out there. Yeah. So, um, John, I also want, I, I kind of also want kind of getting back to the Horizon League in general. Like I mentioned at the beginning, like I like I already mentioned, it's been a crazy, crazy off season for a lot of teams in the horizon league. And I just kind of wanted to get your assessment on just, you know, what to make of all of this. <laughs> uh, you know, one, and just a real quick, uh, Detroit's roster is just, I mean, the amount of kids they've picked up mm-hmm. and uh, they picked up uh, John Calipari's son as a grad yeah. transfer grad. So it's like, I, I just find that interesting. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Mike Davis yeah. is out recruiting John Calipari. Let's just keep saying that over and over again. <laughs> yeah, it's like I just and then uh, his son. One day it will be true. And, and I don't know about you guys, but uh, after watching him at Detroit, you know, uh, in both times in, in Youngstown, I'm thinking to myself, it's like, is he even going to stay four years at Detroit? I mean, this is a high. Yeah, this is a high-level player. I know he's playing for his dad, but I mean, it's Antoine Davis is the real deal. So it's like I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think that's if a Antoine good question. Davis is making a jump. I think it's jumping to the NBA. Yeah, and I think that, just yeah, like I, just like Ray Junior did. I really think, and I yeah, I think that'll probably be one of the the questions we have dur- during the course of the season. Kind of one of those overriding themes of kind of we're going to be looking at Antoine Davis, and we're going to see you know what he you know kind of his progress and one of the things that i and specifically with detroit mercy that i would point out is that their their schedule right now they've got they I, they've got some pretty heavy hitters they're heading to the road with um obviously the guarantee game getting money you know getting the money to you know for for the university is awesome because that's kind of what mike davis did when he was at, at texas southern but i think one of the other things too is that you got five big you know you got five big name teams or five prominent teams where you have a spotlight for antoine davis in those games so i think that the decision to get those games on the schedule for detroit mercy was twofold at the same time, and this is still kind of looming, is that APR band they have now. 
um, and we may not know anything. We still don't. We currently still don't know anything about whether or not the 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 NCAA is going to overturn uh, over uh, you know grant their appeal or not. Um, does that play into that as well? Do, is that play? Is, does is that going to play into Antoine Davis's future as well? Oh, I'm sure it probably will because I mean, if there's no postseason, there's no, I mean, why are you sticking around at Detroit? Yeah. So. I mean, it's... and that, I thought that was that was supposed to be for this year. It is for this year, yes. So, and, so, which... next, so next year, if he sticks around, but he's already here. You know, he's in Detroit. He, he can't yeah. transfer and play no, somewhere else. No, but I mean, does he go? Does he go elsewhere for his junior year? I mean, well, does he? Uh, I mean, are they, if they're State? not going to have, I'm, I'm just saying, if they're not going to have the APR ban next yeah. year then an APR ban that's happening this year won't be a reason to transfer next spring. However, if he said, well, this is the other thing I was thinking of, and I didn't think, I, I didn't even think about that. What's the possibility of him going full Ben Simmons? You know, uh, deciding, being, Aust- deci- being Australian and not being able to shoot, shoot a jump shot. Um, we know we've seen Antoine Davis shoot plenty of jump shots, so that's not his problem. Um, well, that's no, Ben Simmons' but, problem. And, and I'll but, tell you the one problem with Detroit is their defense. Yeah. They got to shore that up because if they if they want to be in top four, which I store, I really think they could be. Their defense has to get a little bit better because offensively they're very gifted. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, for me, for now that I'm thinking, and again, but but what I was thinking of with Ben Simmons, Jimmy, was the fact that Ben Simmons decided he since he didn't even want to be a part of the postseason and decided to shut it down, shut it down to get ready for the NBA draft. And I, I don't know. I don't think I don't think that it would be something that Antoine Davis does, especially since he's playing for his dad. But I don't know. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, guys, I have to wrap it up sure. here, so I'm gonna get to my daughter's volleyball game. So. All right, John. John, thank you very much uh, for joining us. It's been an excellent conversation. Um, tell everybody what the, where where we can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at jvargotrib t r i b, and I will be uh, if you look on uh, tribtoday.com, uh, you can find most of my stuff on there. All right, appreciate you coming on, John. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Take care, man. You too. And that was John Vargo from the Warren Tribune Chronicle covering uh, covering Youngstown State. Had some uh, good thoughts about the – had some good insight on Youngstown State and, and the Horizon League in general. So I'm, um, I'm really glad that we got to be able got, – got to have somebody who's knowledgeable about Youngstown State. Yes. Get get involved. Absolutely. That – I know that you know being not part of the program that and being a journalist, he has to stay objective and everything. But I will say that um, you know strong, strong local print media, or I should call it text media, because yeah. we're online and stuff. So yeah, you know, one of the things like, I didn't, and re- one of the things I didn't, and one of the things I didn't ask him. Yeah, it's re- reputable, strong. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Those... I, I just I, I would yeah. <laughs> no, no, well, one of the things I didn't get to ask him, though, because um, he's at the Warren Tribune Chronicle, and I don't know how how much you've you've seen of this, Jimmy, but the Youngstown Vindicator shut down in August after about 150 years of publication. The I guess the, the Tribune. Wow, I know, and that was and obviously Youngstown State was a part of their co- was part of the Vindy's coverage on top of. You know what John and I believe a couple of other people do over at the Tribune Chronicle, and I didn't get an opportunity to ask him about kind of that impact as it relates to um, the coverage of the team. Because as we've seen, of course, at, at other Horizon League schools, the 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 coverage by by kind of the big you know the local newspapers has 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 dried up considerably in certain circles. So that that's definitely something. I unfortunately I didn't get a chance to ask him. That's incredible. I know. Yeah, that yeah, that was one of the things I think yeah. But um but the Antoine Davis jumping go you know, shutting it down like in the middle of the season at Detroit Mercy, I just thought of that and I'm like, he wouldn't do that, would he? No. I, no, I don't would, see you, you don't, I don't no, you see don't it, shut it down. I, I don't see it happening. If, um, it, I mean, he, 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 might, would, he would not. He would, he would absolutely not. You know, 
Yeah. I mean, if, Zion, if guys like Zion Williamson don't yeah. truly shut it down. Do we have to mention Zion Williamson on this friggin' co- podcast too? Well, it's nothing. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, if 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 top flight, you know, underclass yeah. NBA, rec- you know, recruits that are going to the NBA, yeah, if they're not sitting out the rest of the year, and I know that it was discussed after he had his his, his uh, foot ankle injury, yeah, uh, where his shoe exploded, but he did come back. Sure, they didn't go deep, deep, deep in the tournament. But, you know, they didn't win a championship or anything, but he did come back. So if do, if, if a guy like that is doing it, I'm sure Antoine Davis will 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 play out the year. By the I'm way, sure there's no yeah. reason to not. Well, you know, yeah. you want to beef up stats. Yeah. And for Antoine Davis, a lot of the games he's going to be able to beef up his stats mm-hmm. are in the Horizon League. Well, you know, that too? But I, again, I also and I also alluded to the fact that if you look at if you look at Detroit Mercy's schedule this year, all the buy games they have at the, on that schedule, I think serve a dual purpose. Obviously, one of them being to generate revenue for Detroit Mercy, but also give Antoine Davis a platform, a national platform. In uh, in twenty fourteen fifteen. Yeah. When we were serving our APR ban, mm-hmm. uh, Rob, Rob Jeter had decided that we were going to take a bunch of these buy games. Mm-hmm. And we ended up playing, I think, I can't remember, we ended up playing five or six high majors. Mm-hmm. All, all of them, all, all, I think almost all of them were on the road. Sure. The, ba- the Badger game was at home, but that, mm-hmm. was, that wasn't a buy game. That was just part of the series. So the rest of them we were playing on the road and it was yeah it was about getting revenue for the school getting the players better but the way the rob told it he said he wanted them to have something to play for sure because he felt terrible that they could win a regular season title but they couldn't go to the tournament yeah and he wanted them to have something to play for besides that so he wasn't they weren't going to be able to see, see these big teams in the tournament mm-hmm. So he wanted them to be able to have that that experience, not just of playing, but of like experience going to and playing as the bad guys in a you know a big school's place. Sure. So sure. it was, um, you know, I felt pretty good about it. Like it was, yeah. a, it was a good, uh, it was a good idea. And like, and again, that, that may be that may be kind of, like. and again, that may be kind of uh, Mike Davis's thought process. That's a third thing that maybe Mike Davis is thinking of as well. Um, with the poss- with the with the possibility remote, albeit as it may be, that they don't get that APR ban overturned. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, you and, know... and, and UWM had shut down Austin Arians. Yeah, so it wasn't like we were like mm-hmm. Austin had like a small injury that they ended up redshirting him for. Sure. That like he could have been back in like late December, and they and they did it anyways. Uh, or I think it was even like late November he could have been back. Uh, I'd have to go back and look. Sure. But um, he could have been back, and they didn't do it, or you know they they didn't do it so that he could preserve the year of eligibility. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't all about winning the game. Sure, uh, I think that what it does really is it hurt. We 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 hurt the Horizon League a little bit that year mm-hmm. because a lot of those buy games we we lost a bunch of those buy games. Sure. I don't think we won any of them, and then we didn't do particularly well elsewhere in the non conference season because all these guys really didn't have a whole lot to play for. Sure. And that part of that's Rob's fault for not being able to get them up for it. But how are you going to get people up when there's nothing really to like jump in for? Sure. And it, we ended up hurting the Horizon League's RPI, which in turn kind of made you know might might have hurt things on a long term. So I'd like to see. I, I'm interested to see how Detroit's season plays out. Will the Titans be able to knock off a few of these teams mm-hmm. and make? and bring their net rating up high so that we can lift up the conference or will they have a season like we did in 14, 15 and falter not be able to get it. Maybe Antoine does well, but the rest of the team like loses the games and then, but the team loses the games and then the net rating for the horizon league ends up dropping because Mm -hmm. a team that should have some strengths and has one of, if not the best player in the conference is not being is not able to turn these difficult road opportunities mm-hmm. into victories. Yeah, I the, mean the the nice thing is the net rating doesn't 
weigh road losses as heavily as the RPI mm-hmm. did. Sure. So the negative wouldn't be as bad, and the positive would actually even be better. Yeah. But still waiting to see. Obviously, practice has just started. We'll see how Detroit works out. Excuse me, sure. Detroit Mercy now, works out. The other thing about Detroit, and this is kind of an interesting thing about Detroit, as we because we talked about because we talked about the you know the conference schedule starting at the end of December, um, and it's interesting because I didn't even look at this. Is that one of the game one of those buy games he he has is actually after the season starts because they have the obviously they have the the Detroit Mercy Oakland game coming up, but on the thirtieth. They're playing. They're actually playing Gonzaga, um, so that's. I again, these are kind of. I, I would specifically be interested in looking at, um, you know, the the ACC teams, NC State and Clemson. Those would be two teams that I'd be interested in seeing um, how they perform against. I think those would be um, the Notre Dame game. I'm not so sure about because um, Notre Dame's always super tough. Um, but that, those first three games, NC State, Clemson, and Wyoming, um, I think those are three games. Those that are I, winnable games. Um, I, I'm going to Wyoming, yes. NC State and Clemson, I don't know. Um, maybe. Um, that would be a very interesting. <laughs> that would be, yeah, because Brad Brownell is still over at Clemson, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, because Clemson just came up. Yeah. Incredibly. Yeah, <laughs> no, Clem- well, they, no, Clemson came off of the uh, wait, what? Clemson came off of what? The NIT, I want to say. I hope Detroit. I hope Detroit Mercy just. Whooped. I mean, they were they were a board, they were a bubble team. I know that. Yeah, I don't but, think. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. I no, you know what? Yeah, that's right. They did not. They, in fact, I think Clemson play. Oh, wait. Anyways, yeah, I had to think about that for play. a minute because I yeah because I think Clemson was in the NIT and they played right state. And uh, no, yes. no way. That's what it was. What, yes. Wasn't it? Because no he played his old team. He did play his old team. That's right. I did a, um, I did an entire episode on this and I completely spaced. <laughs> well, it was now, several my, months ago. It was, yeah, it was like seven months ago and lots happened. On, on, uh, on, on Wyoming. Yes. Um, Wyoming really is a winnable to, game. I really hope Detroit Mercy smacks the crap out of them. Um, we did a two for one with them where we played two games at Wyoming. They played one here uh-huh. and, uh, um, just a throwback to any friends of mine that might be listening to this, uh, Peter and Brown and soft. Um, <laughs> we had, we had fun with the game at Milwaukee, but we, we swept all three games. So I'm hoping Detroit mercy does that too. Um, I'm especially still smarting because we lost on a pretty big recruit that Wyoming had, um, it was between them and us for Larry Nance Jr. and oh. they ended up getting him, and I was really annoyed with that. So I really, I really would hope Detroit Mercy likes to smack, um, you know, smack them around. And and so. you know, Larry Nance Jr. of course is a, is now a Cleveland Cavalier, so that's there, yes, there is yes, that. He is. He's got a lot of bounce, not much defense. <laughs> that's all right. The Cavs are going to be horrible this year, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you hope he can make a jump. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and incidentally, to to your point about to your point about Clemson, um, yeah. they they actually did uh, that NIT game with them against Wright State last year, th- th- last season. That was kind of a uh, they didn't uh, <laughs> Wright State was coming back to uh, coming back for them. They they won that game by six. Clemson did so. Um, yeah, I mean, if you look at you look at that game there. Um, yeah, maybe that, that may be something we look that, that game on November 17th, that maybe we may be looking at that Detroit. Um, with that said, I mean, be, besides that, and I guess my, my question would be, um, you know, and, and they actually start the season a little later than a lot of the other horizon league teams, because a lot of the horizon league teams are starting that first week of November and they start their season right on, on November 10th. So they're they're a little, they're getting a little later start is and and I'm not I'm not sure if that's not because of the fact that that they've had you know that APR ban has caused some issue has probably caused some issues in terms of practice time and things like that. Yeah. 
So that so I'm I'm not entirely convinced that that's probably not by design as well. But again, you know, the, like you said, you know, Wyoming is definitely a winnable game for Detroit Mercy. You know, Clemson. I mean, I I think that one's a good one. I'm not sure about NC State though. I, I think NC State's got a pretty tough team, but then again, what do I know? NC State's one of those schools that will have a really tough team, but they never they're never as tough as the rest of them. Uh huh. Yeah. So I wouldn't worry. Yeah. So, but yeah, and yeah, so, but but again, the bottom line with the bottom line with Detroit Mercy with those games that they're working on, right? That they're they're facing the, that start of the season. My my primary, what I would be looking for beyond wins and losses is what does what does Antoine Davis do against these teams? That would be my primary. That would that's what I'm looking at. <laughs> You know, I, I say it over and over again. You 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 underestimate Mike Davis at your peril, but I think my primary focus in those those uh, those prominent off uh, uh, those prominent non conference games, I, I think it should, would be uh, would it be Antoine Davis, and I think that the non conference season for him. I know you mentioned he's going to be looking at loading up stats and you know being you know his performance in the, in the conference, but I think for him, I think the non-conference is probably even more important because of the competition he has, mm-hmm. not to, and and the and the stage he's going to be on because that's going to be where he's going to probably make his bones and probably you know make some you know that's probably where I think he's going to make a statement for. Um, you know, whether or not that's where he's probably going to be looking at what he's done against this competition and then make kind of an assessment as to, you know, whether he wants to you know, stay another year at Detroit Mercy or take it, take a chance on the NBA. You know, I'd, I'd like to be able to get at some point, I'd love to be able to get some, somebody like a Danny LaRue or Nate Duncan or somebody who's like an NBA mm-hmm. centered, uh, you know, an, an NBA writer or an NBA guy mm-hmm. who does, who does evaluate college players. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see, I'd like to get them on here and, uh, um, you know, get one of them on the podcast and discuss, you know, Antoine Davis's draft sure. stock. I mean, I'm sure that'll be something that we would do next spring. Probably. In, in a lead up to the NBA draft, probably a late, probably an NBA, after NBA finals thing. Mm-hmm. Or maybe like you know before. See, I don't this know. is so, where so, see, this, yeah. this is where I was hoping to have Rashad Phillips on. I know he's a Detroit Mercy guy, but if you ever seen any of his, if you ever seen any of his draft draft assessments, he's 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 really spot on. He was one of the guys who was big in Trey Young, and you know, kind of his, you know how he would how he what kind of bounce he would make in, yeah. in the NBA. And you see what Trey Young did last year. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I'd still rather have Luka Doncic, but sure. Um, but you know, I, at the, at the same time, like, I think, I think that's one of those rare trades where both, both sides are happy. Sure. Um, but speaking of, uh, you know, we, we mentioned the Cleveland Cavaliers earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, we got like, I bring up Danny Leroux and Nate Duncan. One thing that both of them were, were high, they were higher on Darius Gardner than they were, uh, I'm sorry, what? Darius Gardner. Yeah. Sorry. Darius Garland. They were higher on Darius Garland than they were on R.J. Barrett, who sure. went third to the Knicks. Well, yeah, and, and yeah. I I tend to agree with that too. Yeah. Well, Darius Garland also kind of yeah. Well, and Darius Garland also in his situation, you know, he played like how many seasons? Five, five, five. He games played like five games for Vanderbilt, and yeah. then he shut it down because I think he got he got hurt and then shut it down for the rest of the season to get ready for the NBA. And didn't they just fire Bryce? Yeah, Bright. They, so he was there. He ran Darius the, Garland's coach was Vandy. Vandy ran the table in reverse. They were zero and eighteen in the SEC. Yeah, I couldn't remember if that was this year or last. Yeah, that or was last this, season. this was last season. But um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, all all point guards when they're rookies are yeah. almost always terrible. Yeah. Um, especially defensively. I mean, Trey Young, great offensive player, terrible defense. Yeah. But so so with, so Cleveland, the Cavaliers are going to be trash. But you might have some, you might have like, if Garland and Colin Sexton both fulfill their potential and maybe Colin Sexton goes a little above, I mean, you could have, you could have the next Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum there. I mean, maybe not quite that high in the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. uh, But remember, nobody thought that, no, nobody thought that Damian Lillard, I mean, we knew because we watched teams like Weber State. 
Yeah. And I watched plenty of Weber State games when Damian Lillard was there, and I thought he was he was the truth. Mm-hmm. But no, none of these NBA guys knew that Damian Lillard was going to be what he was, what he became. Yeah. Well, there so, you go. So, yeah. so that, that that is what that was what Antoine Davis has to has, uh, is probably aspiring to, I'm sure. So, um, but yeah, we'll 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 be looking at that a little. Later. We'll definitely be looking at that as, as the season progresses. So, um, with that said, uh, we're gonna go ahead and close out the show. As all, thanks again to John Vargo from the Warren Tribune Chronicle for joining us. And thanks, as, John. Yes, and as always, you can find episodes of the Horizon Roundtable at our website, horizonroundtable.com. And you can also find us wherever you find podcasts. You can use, and you can use your Apple. Uh, you can do actually. There's an Apple device, isn't there, that you could probably call up this stuff to? I'm sure we're on Apple Podcasts. I know that for sure. Um, I never mention it, but but anyway, um, and definitely stay t- and definitely stay tuned this week on HorizonRoundtable.com. We've got a little, we've we've got we've got the uh, preseason poll. We've got our preseason picks for you know, our team rankings as well as our uh, as well as our you know all Horizon League team players. I think we might have telegraphed it a little bit with uh with, with our uh, with Antoine talking about Antoine Davis a lot, but um, we'll probably have a little bit more discussion about kind of our picks next I week. I have a feeling that Antoine Davis is going to be the subject of many Horizon Roundtable podcasts this I year. I suspect he will as well. Uh, so. He is a, he is a he is a fantastic talent. Um, and, and with his dad being a strong basketball coach and a strong recruiter, I think that Detroit Mercy has some, some very nice times looking ahead of them right now. So, well, hey, we'll there uh, you go. We will, I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on the Titans this good. year. All right. So, um, but yeah, um, so that's what we will have on tap this week. And, uh, you know, you know where to find us. You know where you know you, we you've got the apps. Keep listening and thank you for listening. Take care, everybody.